Welcome to Q4Q, the Queer Personals podcast. My name is Haley, a they-them archivist in Baltimore, Maryland, and this show is not for children. What does that mean? Don't let your child listen to it if you don't want them to hear swear words, sexual fantasies, kinks, and or other fun stuff that will likely come from our mouths. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Q4Q, the Queer Personals podcast. My name is Haley, and I'm a they-them archivist in Baltimore, Maryland. And welcome to this bite-sized episode. This format is like a small, cute review of things that I found during my other research that I wanted to share with everyone who will listen. And if this doesn't happen to be a small, bite-sized episode, then you're welcome. Because this is a story about a couple named Mousy and Porcupine. And throughout the 1980s, 1970s, and 80s, a series of personal-led poems and whimsy were printed in the gay community news in Boston, Massachusetts. It started December 25th, 1982, or at least for me it did. I was looking in the Boston's gay community news for some like winter-slash-Christmas celebration content when I realized there was a reoccurring personal ad addressed to someone named Mousy. Here it is. Mousy, mousy, wildflower, perceptions and perspectives tell. Hell is heaven, heaven is hell. Milton did it better, though. It's hard to know what there is to know. The only reality really is what's in your head and only this. Someday before the end, the end will come of things perceived as gruff and glum. And if not, then ho-hum, ho-hum, I love you more than I can tell. All my love, porcupine. So of course I saved it and moved on to 1983. And then I saw another mousy. This one, April 1st, 1983. Mousy, mousy, wildflower, thanks for all the lovely things. Only love and caring brings. I know how hard you tried and I was truly satisfied. All my love, porcupine. Okay, so now I'm hooked. Uh, I saved these ads for later vowing to make it into an episode if I found any more. And boy, did I strike into something fun. So what follows is a trail of these poems and thoughts um, from what I found. Thank you, OCR and the Internet Archive, for bringing this to my attention and making it easy to search. Also, thank you to Northeastern University Libraries, who was the contributor to Archive, uh, the Internet Archive. So... This one comes from the Gay Community News, 1977, March 25th, 1977. Mousy, mousy, PhD. What happened to Sunday morning? How can a lecture be so important? We could use a month of Sundays. All my love, porcupine. Someone's a little bit annoyed about someone else's higher education. And then, from March 10th, 1979. Mousy, mousy, wildflower, congratulations on your first. Many more will follow. I wish that I could see them all, but such a wish rings hollow. I'm thankful for the first. I love you, all my love, porcupine. You just kind of like, you wonder what they're talking about. Like, is this, did they graduate? Is this their first graduation? Who knows? And then the next one, April 12th, 1980. Mousy, mousy, wildflower, 
Tomatoes are my favorite fruit, mostly because they are so cute. I hope they never make them square. It wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair. But maybe it would be fair and square. Where's the car parked? Over there? I love you. All my love, porcupine. June 9th, 1980. Mousy mousy, wildflower. An era slides into the past. Nothing mortal long can last, but life goes on. There's dawn each day, whether or not we're here to stay. But I love you eternally. All my love, porcupine. September 20th, 1980. Mousy, mousy, wildflower. Happy birthday, Wonder Woman. Happy birthday, love of mine. Happy birthday, happy birthday. From thine only, porcupine. And so there are like some of these like periodically sprinkled from 1979-ish to like 1985, at least on the Internet Archive. So apparently they began as early as 1977 because I found um, an editor's note about the first, quote-unquote, of gay history, printed in the in April 30th, 1983 issue, volume four, so they're going into their firsts, published February 19th, 1977, in italic print, it says, another first, the premiere appearance of Mousy Mousy Wildflower in the personals column of the classifieds. So now, They've, they've recognized that Mousy Mousy Wildflower is this ongoing thing. And I'm sure you're all at the edge of your seats wondering, who are these people? And I actually can deliver this time. So the time comes for a history of the mousy porcupine ads of Boston. So on 1 November 5th, 1983, the editor of the Gay Community News posted this. Some weeks ago, the Gay Community News received a letter from the federal prison at Lompoc, California, so reprinted below with our comments, denying what has turned out to be all further issues of the paper to an openly gay prisoner there. He decided to fight that prison and could use some legal advice and help from someone in our in or near California, probably. He's also a leather craftsman and has made beautiful leather-tooled plaque for the Gay Community News and a leather photo album for Nancy Walker, quote, porcupine, unquote, and her souther, mousy, significant other, adorable, whose column has been very important to him. We hope that some of you will write to Bobby Lee, even if only on a one-time basis, to express your support for his battle. Fighting the authorities in prison doesn't just mean you win or lose the decision, it means they look for ways to get back at you afterwards for making waves in their closed system. What follows is, first, the denial letter from the warden in our comment, and then his letter about deciding to resist the decision. Here goes. Did you get the publication rejection memo that I sent you with my last letter? If not, I need you to know the name of the GCN's lawyer so that I can send you a copy and my appeal to the warden, which he will deny. Also, my appeal to the regional director, which will also be denied. And by the way, the case number is LOM0567-83. After I get the regional appeal back, I must file a BB-11, and when I get this back saying denied, then and only then can I take my case to the outside courts. I think that's the place where justice is supposed to be, or is the place where we pay homage. The reason I asked for GCN's lawyer's name is that the guards of the prison officials cannot read or stop a convict's letter to his attorney, or at least that's the law. Mike. I think you know I don't like to ask my loved ones for things, and I will ask only if I'm in real need. If it comes to me needing a lawyer, will you help me find one? I don't think I will need more than that. Spile. In parentheses. 
I'm sure that when the prison life, like anyone in our society, is not done yet, and being gay is not something you can do today and not tomorrow, I feel that myself and all the people that call themselves gay or lesbian, anyone that feels that they are one of the fighters for freedom and responsible rights must pay a price for everything we do or don't do. You never know when the time of paying will come, but it sure will come. We must be ready to reach into our gay or whatever name we stand by, souls, and find the will to meet that payment. I feel myself to be gay, and being a prisoner should not stop me from being what I feel and what I want myself to be. And if anything that I might, can, will do, or say should help another gay, lesbian, or anyone, then it should be done and damn the price. Once, Lady Porcupine asked me, why I have showed her so much kindness, and I told her it was because of her writings. What I meant was this. Every time she writes, she gives part of herself to whoever takes the time to read what she has wrote. I took the time. Without her knowing it, she and others have given me the will to feel feelings that I have been afraid to feel. She has opened the door for things I needed to understand about myself. And most of all, her words to Mousy showed me I need not hide my softness. And for that part of herself that she gave to me, I gave and give my love, kindness, and thanks. No less could I do. I know now that I cannot turn my face from something that I must do, if only for myself. There is something that I have read in GCN that has made me sadly ashamed. There are some of us dying from AIDS, and some of us has or are turning our faces, love and kindness from them who need us. From this, I truly know that the fight to be who we are is not over. I and we, who call ourselves gay and lesbians, must stand by, side by side, if need be alone, and fight anything that hurts what we are. We must also, at the same time, with kindness and love, help what we are to grow up healthy and loved. That's why I must fight this fight to get gay papers into this prison. If a gay book, sexual or not, if that book will help a prisoner to know themselves better so that they can change, then I want that book, paper, whatever, to get behind every prison wall that stands. Damn, damn the price. Alone, if I must, because one day I will taste freedom again and when I do, I want people to know how to not hurt and misuse people. Not being ashamed of what I am has helped me to stop doing this. I have learned from porcupine to write what's in your heart. So if I seem to go on and on, bear with me. You know how I get sometimes, Mother, Mother Mike. But I did warn you that this was to be a long letter. Are you sitting down? And if you were laying down, make sure you're not alone. Smile. Well, dear heart, it is 1.48 a.m. and I think I should get some sleep, don't you? I will write more in the morning, sleep tight, and not alone. It's not good for you. Take it from someone who knows. All right, and good morning. I woke up thinking of my Mr. G, Bobby Lee's lover in Lompoc, and I wonder if I told you about what happened to him and me. Well, he and I just got out of the shower and we went to his house, or in parentheses, cell, that is right next to the door to the shower. While we were in there putting the shower things away, I asked him to put some oil on my back, like I always do. To do so, I must lay on his bed with just a blanket over the doorway as I stay lying there enjoying my rub down, and the blanket was torn down. I said, oh shit, to myself, and waited for the cop to say something. All he said was, get dressed, and to come down to the office. Then he left. Then they put us in the hole, solitary confinement, no exercise, no visits, no library, or other quote-unquote privileges. For a week, 
and then they let us out, and then they put Mr. G at the end of the long hall in one cell house, and me at and another at the other end. The reason for the action they took, they say, was engaging in a sexual act is prohibited and promotes conflicts among other inmates. What do they think? As far as I know, sex does not cause violence. Well, I ask you, what is a poor girl to do if she can't even get a rub down without someone yelling about a threat to security and discipline? Okay, so on to other things. Yes, they do open the GCN every time now, and I haven't seen one for a long time. And yes, I do take good care of the big handsome man of mine. Well, that is whenever I can. They could stop the rain better than they can stop me from loving him. Oh. I'll write already. I will end this letter now. Write soon so I can get your GCN lawyer's name and send you the things that I want to. I'm committed to this fight all the way, come hell or high water. Mother Mike, do you remember something that I said to you in one of those first letters that I wrote you? Here's what I said. I feel now with all of my being that it is time for me to give part of myself and just maybe my words, feelings, or something that I do that will help another gay that may be going through what I've been through and I'm still going through. Day by day, be good to yourself. Today may be your last chance. Always myself, Bobby Lee. And this is Robert Lee White, inmate 01835-045, unit L. 3901 Klein Boulevard, Lompoc, California, 93436. So alas, Porcupine, as we as we found out from this ad, Porcupine is Nancy Walker. She's a staff member of the Gay Community News in Boston who put together the classifieds. And she gave hope to this man in California who is incarcerated and trying to navigate the world as a gay man. I have no idea what he was incarcerated for, and I don't really care at this moment, unless it's truly awful, and then I apologize. So immediately after seeing this ad, I typed Nancy Walker in quotes, quote, porcupine, and quote, Boston, into Google, and an interview came right up. The interview is from 1989 with uh, Eric Marcus of Making Gay History, who wrote a book and has a podcast of the same name. And so I'm going to read you a little bit from this transcript. Uh, but you should also really head over there to read the full story or listen to the full story, and I'm going to link that in the show notes. Eric Marcus says in the transcript, Nancy Walker had a type. She liked the brainy ones. In 1962, when Nancy was in her late 20s, she met Penny. Penny was smart as a whip, wise beyond her 18 years, and she read James Joyce. Nancy was impressed. It was nine years before the two women, hashtag Nancy Walker and Penny, found their way to an organization in Toronto where they were living at the time called the Community Homophile Association of Toronto, better known as CHAT, that provided counseling, legal work, and social events to the LGBTQ community. Nancy signed on as their vice president for a couple of years and her partner, Penny, volunteered as a program chairperson. After returning to Boston in 1975, Nancy discovered Gay Community News, a national newspaper that had been published since the early 1970s. A year later, the Jewish uh, 41-year-old from New York City volunteered to work at GCN. It was an instant generation gap and a culture clash. Uh, yet somehow, Nancy went on to become the newspaper's only columnist, and she was more of a moderate voice at the newspaper that 
prided itself as a radical on its radical left politics. Hell yeah. Eric Marcus says, what was the purpose of the gay community news? And Nancy Walker says, I think the purpose was to get out a gay national newspaper. It's the only gay national weekly that's gone on since something like 1973. I don't know if that's true. We needed contact with each other. You know, there were still gay people who didn't know there was anybody else in the world. It's hard coming from a place like New York to like New York to imagine that. But there are people in Kentucky and Louisiana and places like that that didn't know that there were any gay people. So most of Nancy's columns were about her relationship. One of my favorite columns was the one about A people and Z people always getting together. I squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom of the tube very carefully. And she just goes, shoosh. Nancy wrote her GCN column, Odyssey of a Unicorn, until 1984 and then went on to write for another Boston publication, Bay Windows. In addition to writing her gay community news column, Nancy Walker also managed the paper's classified sections for several years. It was not... It was not the most glamorous assignment, but Nancy made it her own. Each week, she kicked off the personal ads with a short poem to Mousy Mousy Wildflower from Porcupine. Sweet and silly, sometimes wistful notes with inside jokes and more profound ruminations. Mousy, of course, was Penny. The doting, if prickly, porcupine was Nancy. And in the spring of 1983, Nancy published several Mousy poems that suggested that perhaps all was not right with a Mousy porcupine household. Alarmed readers from across the country wrote in for their concern, forcing Nancy to reassure them that no, Mousy had not wandered off into a stranger's bed. That was just a foray into fiction, and queer rodent love was indeed alive and well. And to be fair, I could not find these, these notes, but if you can, send them over and we'll read them together. After Nancy left the gay community news in 1984, she wrote for Bay Windows, the more socially oriented gay newspaper. She also continued her work as a secretary for special education in the Boston public school system, which explains why the ad stopped. On May 20th, 1996, when your dear host was only but one years old and 16 days, Nancy Walker died from complications of breast cancer. She was 61 years old, and she had been fighting it for a goddamn while. I leave you with these parting words from Nancy Walker in documented the digital collections of the History Project, which I will also post in the show notes. And this is titled December 1994. Love is the only gift worth giving. Love is the only gift we need. Love is what keeps the living living. Love is the heart of the mustard seed. Richness of things is temporary, easily blown by winds of change, easily torn by adversary, easily pushed beyond our range. But richness of spirit lasts forever, tossed by tempests, beaten by gales. The bond it creates do not sever. The brightest gem beside it pales. And so, the season I wish for you, strength of spirit, gifts of love, a sense of purpose in all you do, and blessings of wisdom from above. I wish you health and happiness always. Nancy Walker.